Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. It's 26 days to the London City Marathon, so it's time to talk about the taper. It is one of the most important parts of any marathon training plan, I am told. It is, of course, my first one, so I'm taking that on advisement from, of course, the greatest of all time, the Queen of Irish Athletics, three-time world champion, Olympic silver medalist, Sonia Sullivan is back in Cove. Is it good to be home? It's great to be home. Yeah, it's, um, I had an amazing day yesterday. It was, um, it was, they reckon, the nicest day all year. And uh, <laughs> we did and I thought it was going to last forever, but uh, we're back to reality this morning with some heavy rain. Um, but yeah. we're, we're looking ahead to the weekend and it, it looks, there's a chance it's going to be a nice day or a nice couple of days. So uh, fingers crossed. Well, this is the thing. It is a bit of fingers crossed, isn't it? We were told on Sunday at the Wicklow Half Marathon to expect gale force winds and cloud cover. And we nearly got sunshine. It didn't. We didn't get a drop of rain and the wind backed off. And it was a heavenly run that we'll talk all about later in the show. But the race that Sonia is talking about, of course, the Cove 10 Mile Road Race, your annual race, Sonia. Does it get you in the fields when you go down there and you realise that all of these people are coming together to run the roads you trained on? And it just becomes this this moment for the community every single year. It's just amazing, you know, to see everybody pulling together and everybody contributing. I'm I'm on the WhatsApp group, so I see all that's going on, Mm. all the preparations. You know, there's a lot of work to do and there's a lot of people putting their hand up and getting involved. And so it means a lot to me, and I think it also means a lot to the people of Cove, to the Ballymore Cove Athletic Club, to the Cove Triathlon Club, chip in. A lot of the different clubs and organizations in the town, they all help out, they all have runners going around and you know it, it it really is a great day and it's been fantastic the past few years i was looking today to dig out a few photos from the different runs that i've done through the years i mean it, i think there was one there must have been, it must have been only raining one year because i was wearing a hat like a, a rain cap yeah um and that and i think i was wearing long tights and everything so i was really and <laughs> getting dressed for the elements but every other time, it's, you know, shorts and T-shirts, shorts and thingless, sun shining, crowds down on, you know, both sides of the road as you run down into the town. So, you know, I think when we envision the race, that's what we all picture is this, you know, amazing finish. Everybody, you know, smiling, delighted to see the finish line, to be running downhill into the finish line. And, you know, we, I suppose, all that positive energy yeah, nearly drives it and gets it over the line each year so um yeah hopefully we will have the same this year and um everybody will be rewarded it gets people coming back i mean it's so funny that it is such a tricky little race in so many ways because of as you mentioned the hills and you know the fact that it is a challenging enough course but definitely i felt that in wicklow on sunday that it nearly gives it a character it has a certain there's something fun about it. And I never really understood what people meant when they said running hills is actually kind of fun. But certainly running around Wicklow on Sunday, I got the sense that, you know, letting your legs go on a downhill, having struggled up a hill, 
uh, it would make you come back. You must get an awful lot of return business to the Cove race. Are there people that run it every single year without fail? I think there must be. There's people out there. They're collecting the mugs now at this stage. Um, <laughs> and they'll have they'll have every color. So we've had um, blue, green, red, and this year is black for the the writing on the mugs. And yeah. um, it looks very classy this year. I think with the the church cathedral and the um, the the, the deck of cards houses, even though they're very colorful, but in mm. the black and white, it just looks very um, classy. The contrast with the mug is lovely. So I think it's, it's really definitely nice. we're coming for the mug. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be well earned when you yeah. run around the streets. I'm really looking forward to it. And of course, there's still time, right, Sonia? There's still time. You can actually still get an entry and come down. If you're just tuning in, this is your first Irishman abroad episode. Come on down, run with Sonia this Sunday, April 2nd in Cove in her hometown. We'll also have a bit of crack afterwards in the pub. There's loads of listeners coming down. Get to meet the people that you might have been interacting with on Strava. Sure, what what else are you doing on April 2nd? The midterm break has begun for the kids. You may as well rock on down there. It's actually a much easier drive than people let on. That's not the case when it comes to training for a marathon. If people tell you that it's a difficult drive to the marathon, they're not messing. It is a big undertaking. And the part of it that a lot of people can tend to overlook is this three week tapering period where you reduce your mileage. Now, it's obviously important, Sonia, and that the theory behind it is 21 days out, you should be allowing your body to recharge. Correct. That's that's it in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a very fine line. It's a very difficult thing to do to taper for any event. And, you know, particularly with the marathon, I think a lot of this tapering is based on, you know, what the best runners do. So they're running, you know, up to 200 kilometers a week. So that's a lot of wear and tear in the body. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's a little bit different for everybody else who's training for a marathon because not everybody's running 200 kilometers a week. And so you don't all taper at the same level. So you have to work out the percentages of, you know, how much volume you decrease and how much intensity you decrease. Mm. So you've got to maintain, you know, some level of running um, over the next three weeks that you kind of always start in the engine, but you're not, you know, running it into the ground. It's like as if you're kind of operating at about 80 to 90 percent over the next two weeks anyway. And then with the final weekend, you probably come down to about 50 to 60 percent, maybe. Um, I wouldn't be going much lower than that because I think it's very important to keep moving because otherwise you start to feel a little bit lethargic, kind of lose that bouncy feeling. If you taper Mm. too much, you get you start to feel yourself getting a bit heavy and you don't want that feeling either. So, yeah, there's, Yeah. there's probably a lot to weigh up between now and, you know, particularly the a few days before the marathon, how much you cut back? Well, Vinnie Mulvey of VinnieMulveyFitness.com has been coaching myself and Sonia for the last few months. And he's going to talk to us about that fine detail of how to make that calculation. You will need to hear that. Uh, we'll have some of Vinnie in the free episode here on iTunes and SoundCloud, wherever you get your free podcast. But if you'd like to hear that deeper dive discussion with Sonia and Vinny, come on over to patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad. Hear the whole thing. And it really gives us the space and time to get into what is quite a complicated thing. 
as you say, Sonia, it is fine margins. As you say, we're trying to replicate something that elite athletes do on a much smaller scale. Where does sleep factor into this thing? Because I'd imagine you nearly need to up the hours of sleep that you're getting in that tapering phase. Well, it, it's all kind of contrasting what you're doing and a bit of catch-22 stuff going on in there because when you're training a lot, then you sleep better. When you train a bit less, then it may be harder to sleep. Mm. Like when you, it's the same thing when you're training a lot, you eat more. So when you're training less, do you eat less? Or, you know, how do you get that balance right? I think that's why I asked you um, on the weekend, I said, what did you eat the <laughs> night before the half marathon? Because you said you <laughs> felt great. You loved it. The half marathon. And I, I did. So then, but you weren't too keen on what you ate the night before. <laughs> yeah, I had an Irish stew the night before, which I thought was going to be magical food, true Irish cuisine. But it was the hot wings <laughs> that I had at lunchtime, which proved not to be such a good idea. I don't blame the stew. I was in smithereens digestively for the duration of the evening and morning of the race. So I did. I actually forgot that this is, as you always say, a dry run, a dress rehearsal. And I wasn't concentrating on what I was putting into my body the night before. Such a rookie error, clearly, Sonia. Well, we can get some more practice in for the 10 miles this weekend and Cove. We'll see if we can fix up your pre-marathon dining choices. Mm. Because I think if you can kind of settle on something, then it's one less thing that you have to worry about. Yeah. Um, whereas if you're, you know, if you're going right up to the line and you're wondering what you should be eating or what you shouldn't be eating, then it's just a little bit of a worry, a little bit of a stress that you have mm. in there that you're not too sure how you're going to feel. So I think you have a long run planned around your Cove 10 mile on the weekend. So there should be ample room to test things out there on yeah. um, Saturday. We'll, we'll, we'll treat you to some fine pre-race food and cope. So you're you're going pizza. I heard you suggest pizza. And uh, Mick Clausey suggested suggested pizza the last time I was down there. That's what he went with. Yeah, I suggest uh, Rush Rush Pizza out in Ballino. They have, it's a takeaway place, but the pizza is fantastic. I mean, I got one last night and I thought I was going to only eat a few slices, but before I knew it, it was gone. <laughs> Pretty Moorish. Uh, I had a 10 mile run in the morning, but it was a relatively easy 10 mile. I'm hoping to go maybe 10 minutes quicker on Sunday, a minute a mile quicker. Oh my gosh. They <laughs> <laughs> put me to the test. Talk to Char on 1850 715 815. Good afternoon to you, Vinnie Mulvey. Great to have you back on the live line. Charlotte, how you doing? We are in the tapering period, aren't we? 26 days to go to London. You've been here a bunch of times with people. You've done it yourself. I wanted to ask you straight out the gate. What's the number one mistake you see people make in this period? Well, you, you alluded to it when you were talking to Sonia. I'd say the number one thing is people trying to chase up things that they missed or they feel like they've missed or that they're listening to what other people are doing and they're like, oh, geez, I need, I need another long run or I'll, I'll do a faster run or a t I'll do they just try mm -hmm. and do cramming. Yeah. Cramming the last 10 days of the, yeah. of the marathon prep. And 
you know, it, it, and it is like the leaving search, like you, you mentioned <laughs> that the leaving search earlier, but it really does feel like it. Yeah. It is like that where if you haven't done the work, like you're, you're only going to do as well as you've prepared, do you know? Mm, and, yeah. Um, there's no, uh, there's no fake in it. No. And you have to face up to that and say, right, this is where I'm at, you know, and, and mm. let's just go for it. And, you know, I might do a little bit better on the day than I am expecting to do, or I might do a little bit worse, like whatever, like, but I should be in or around such and such a time. Of mm. course, there's other variables with temperature and wind and rain and, you know, stuff like that. But, um, yeah, you should kind of have an idea of where you're at and just be at peace with that and say, right, let's, let's go for it. And this is where I'm at and let, let's just do it. Well, uh, you offered to tell me what pace you want me to run the London marathon at. And I said, don't text me. Don't tell me. I want to hear the reasoning on the podcast. And we'll, as I said, we'll get to that later on in the London's calling section of the show. Uh, and I am really excited to hear what it's going to be because okay. you, you put down a pace for me to run in Wicklow that was bananas. Uh, and somehow I did it. Yeah. You know, that that can be that hubris, though, that can be produced by, let's say, somebody doing a tune up race like a half marathon, heading into their taper period and going, I'm, I'm actually, you know, I'm, I'm in a place that I've never been in my life. The person that heads into tapering seems to be divided into a couple of categories. The person who thinks they haven't done enough, that's the person who's cramming yeah. down the library, looking at books they've never seen before in their life. Yeah. When they're not focused on what they have done, the person that is overdoing the taper, that is over resting in, in some ways and actually detraining in the process. And then this third person, and that's the, what the question's about, the person who is actually disconnected from what they have and they don't even know what yeah, they have. Well, and that's quite a few people who who haven't employed someone like yourself that, to help that figure it out. Gonna, that's what I was going to say. Like that's where a coach comes in, or some outside voice, you know, who actually knows what they're talking about, to kind of tell you, right, this is what shape you're in, and this is what we're going to aim for, you know. And you just say you trust what they're saying, hmm. but the, the mistake to make is when you start listening to too many people. Uh, yeah. or reading, reading stuff on your Strava or whatever, people tell you, oh, I, I think you should do this. Or, and you start yeah. kind of thinking about that and going, Jesus. And then mm. you might, you start questioning things. Like if you had told people last week, I, well, I think you did actually, but if you, if you told people the paces I was giving you for a race, you know, I'd say some people were doubting you and, and Definitely. Also, yeah. you to second guess yourself. A hundred percent. I mean, you know, and I, I haven't, but I don't hide, you know, this uh, journey that I've been on or the numbers that you give me because it's part of the story. But yeah, I, I can't imagine what it's like for somebody who doesn't have a coach and is basically relying on, you know, Runner's World magazine or whatever yeah. articles they're stumbling yeah. across. So what you're saying is probably the, the, the biggest mistake you can make at this point is let too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. And like a big mistake people make as well is they do a half marathon and they say, whether it's, you know, one thirty, two hours, whatever, and they just double it and say, that's what I'm going to shoot for in a marathon. <laughs> that's a mistake. <laughs> right. Okay. You know, um, 
you're more than likely not going to do that unless you're doing the half marathon and you're absolutely just jogging, you know, mm, Yeah. and your plan is to run at your marathon pace or something, but you, like very unlikely that you'll just double the distance at the same pace. You usually should double it and kind of adds 10 minutes or something like that, you know, depends on the runner and depends on the, the pace. Yeah. Like, but let me ask you, uh, in this section of the show to round things off, if somebody doesn't have a coach like you, they're not a member of a club, they're just training for a marathon on their own. What are the rules of thumb when heading into three weeks to go to begin a taper? That's self-designed. I usually don't start a taper till about two weeks ago, you know? You're, um, right. And there's a lot of people that would disagree with that. Yeah, that's my approach usually. Okay. Um, I usually have you do your last long run two weeks before. Right. Um, and that's usually like a 35k run. And then you just back up, you know, but going back to someone who doesn't really know where to look or what to do, I, I, I just try and keep it simple and tell, like, say, look, you're better off undercooking this than overcooking it. At least, you know, you're better off being fresh going in rather than not easing off enough, mm. you know? Yeah. So, yeah. um, so yeah, well, look, everyone has different philosophies on marathons and some people like to do their longest run to be an over distance run, like 45 K or something. A lot of elites would do that. I, I don't subscribe to that, but um, that doesn't mean I think it's wrong. I just, you know, just, it's just my approach, you know? Sure. Um, um, I usually like to have at least two 32 K runs done and one 35 K you're in a different boat because you're, you're, you know, you haven't had enough time, but I actually think you're, I actually think bizarrely you're going to be fine, you know, um, because there's loads more in the tank. And I saw that yesterday, you know, you probably noticed you are easing off this week coming up, but that's only because you have cove. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and you just did a half. So I'm kind of wary. I didn't want to give you too heavy a session midweek because I want you just to recover from the half. Your prep for Dublin is going to be different to this, but your prep for this, it's a kind of a unique situation because you're, you were injured and you're, we didn't know what, where you were going to mm. be, you no know, clue. months yeah. or two months yeah. or three months. And it's been just going so well. Like, and I just, you know, you come off the weekend there running the half marathon and, and we I assume we're going to talk about that race later, but I just want you to stay in that positive kind of bubble you know talk to jar on 1850 715 815 i will do one final final long run before london and if you're training for the connemara marathon this might be the perfect final final long run for you too it's in our strava club group there it will take place on april 8th in the phoenix park and there's a good gang of 15 hardy runners already lined up to join me, including Wes Kenny, Fareed Rafa, Paddy Martin, Sophie Weber, Winona Grant is going to make an appearance, Elaine de Corsi, Rafal, Brendan Coughlin, Emer Sinead, Rojo, Ronan Johns is going to show up, Stephen Daly, Fiona Jarrett, Niall Sheedy, the legend Jan O'Hearnone and James Burke. Join us. There'll be two pace groups, so there'll be no hassle. If you want to go a bit slower, that'll be cool too. And I'll have Easter eggs for everybody who shows up. That's right. It's an Easter Saturday meet-up run for the Irishman abroad. So if you can't make it to Cove, maybe pop down. 
Okay, well, might be might be a bad time to go around the parishes. We had some tremendous performances from our listeners. Sonia, one that stood out to me right away. It's a very strange one. Like we like to include a couple of oddball ones as well. I don't know if you saw this one yourself in the group, and that was uh, Deirdre Crawford, a seven-mile recovery run. <laughs> she said the music died at 15. So obviously the plan was to run longer. So she says at five miles, she started to think, it's time for an impromptu detour for a pint in the middle of the run. I don't, I just don't see that happening in 1996 for Sanyo Sullivan. I'm going to cut this run short and have a Guinness. Did you spot this run, first of all? I loved the, I loved the idea that she just went, fuck it, I'm going to the ball. <laughs> And then how did she get home after? Did she end the run there? Or did she uh, get a life and leg it home? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know, no. that's pretty impressive. I've, seen, I've known people to stop and, you know, have to buy a bottle of water or something or a Gatorade or something like that. But uh, a pint of Guinness for strength, I've never seen that before. It's pretty impressive, yeah. Well, <laughs> she, you've got to get the iron that, in. That, that, takes, that <laughs> takes a recovery to a new level altogether. <laughs> we'll see how she's feeling the day after. There was a few biggies around though, wasn't there? Dunboyne 10k, of course. There was the Oma half marathon. Did anybody jump out to you? Yeah, the Dunboyne 10k yeah, on your doorstep and you missed it. I missed it, yeah. Raging, <laughs> and, my uh, own club and everything. Is it your own club's right? Yeah. yeah. Was it? Is it a flat course, is it? Oh, it looked very flat. People running all yeah. kinds of times. Well, Elaine de Courcy ran a PB, so I was thinking it must be fairly flat. A trill, she says, with a new PB of... 41.42 that's 4.10 oh. per kilometre yeah. and the the elevation gain was only 29 metres so I suppose that's not too hilly at all <laughs> pretty good it was the opposite well done Elaine my next shout out goes to Pete Howie who has gotten I think he's probably got the record for most shout outs in around the parishes but that's because this man Sonia is unrecognisable from the runner that ran the Cove 10 last year he did a little warmer upper in Mallow a 10 miler and just stormed it in a one hour flat. Like what has Mary DeBarra been doing to this fella to turn him <laughs> into the athlete that he is in 2023? Uh, did you spot that run yourself? I did. He just ran over um, an hour. We actually met him down the town yesterday and he was delighted with himself running a PB. And this is going to be a real test, I think, now because Pete is going to run in the Cove 10 mile as well. Mm. So... That would be a good comparison of, you know, is the Cove 10 really that hilly that you run slower on it? Yeah. So we'd be able to work out maybe based on his runs um, how much slower it is, or maybe mm. it's not slower at all. Um, because we were discussing this earlier, that even though there's a few hills in there, you also get a few downhills. And yeah. then you also get the variety in the course. So you're not looking at straight roads, which can be quite difficult to do as well to you know just be running on the flat the whole time there with no variety a hundred percent to change it up and you probably noticed that yesterday with the half marathon yeah it, it goes by a bit quicker sometimes because well, you're going up and down and you're well yeah no I, I was just about to totally agree with you um and it made me excited for cove because when you settle into the idea that this is going to be a bit of a roller coaster you you kind of embrace it a little bit you're suddenly like, whoa, whoa, well, I actually am going to run fast at times on this and they will compensate for the 
slight slowing that the hills are going to have. I I loved Wicklow, I have to say. This experience I had there, uh, the only downside of it was that we got shortchanged a little bit on the distance. I don't know if you saw that. 20.83 kilometres. <laughs> so I don't get a half what marathon. Corners, what, corners were you, what corners were you cutting? <laughs> I never cut a single corner, son. You know, as honest as the day is long. I was... Both Paddy Booth and I were a little bit upset over that because we both had such a good time. Paddy Booth is an old friend of mine who ran the race with me uh, in the second half of our show. I'll uh, play a couple of voice notes that I took so you can really get the sights and sounds feel of the Wicklow Gale Break half marathon. Uh, but having a buddy with me on a course like that, Sonny, that was another kind of life hack or cheat code I wondered if I could put to you. Having somebody who's a little bit stronger than you as a runner on your shoulder, who also, this was the other thing with Paddy, he knew the area backwards. So I would be saying to him, tell me there isn't another hill after this one. He'd be like, no, we've got two more. (laughs) And I was going, okay, I can do two. (laughs) But that bit of knowledge really, really helped. Um, Is that something you'd recommend people do? is kind of tag on with a group of locals if they're heading around Cove this weekend? Yeah, there'll be plenty locals going around. And I think I had a similar experience last year running with Rob Heffernan. And I was actually telling him what was going on in the course. But just having somebody alongside you, it does help a lot to kind of keep you a bit more focused, a bit concentrated. It's a little bit like what I was saying the other week about when you're in a run and you just notice the people around you and... You know, once the race settles down, then everybody finds their pace and you do have the same kind of people around you. So then you're all probably watching each other and trying to hang on to each other. Mm. And, you know, sometimes without even discussing it, you're helping each other. Um, You become familiar with the people in your surroundings. And um, so I think, you know, if you have somebody assigned to run with you or that you know, then absolutely it it helps a lot. And I think it generally comes down to the stronger runner, runner being willing to back off a little bit at times and yeah. and sometimes that can help you both you know that you don't kind of feel like you've got to really push on you know this is feeling a bit easy here now I gotta I gotta head off yeah um, well run the, together absolutely and I definitely know that Paddy Booth was slowing down <laughs> where have you gone a couple of times Edger and that's a shout out to him my final shout out goes to Seamus McAteer uh, he's pictured here with David Graham at the Oma Half. He, they both ran it. David ran a PB of 120. And uh, Seamus, not bad at all. 155. Fair play to you. Do you have one more yourself, Sonia? So I did have one, Brian O'Connor. Uh, he's up there in Dunleary. And he did a bit of a session that is kind of a nice one on what would be a windy day. Because there's there've been quite a few windy days out. And when it's very windy, it can be hard to decide what to do you know the longer sessions can be quite hard and he went to a a nice looking field and he ran 12 times 200 meters uh, with 200 so 200 meter fast 200 meter slow and just kept running and so you couldn't choose to go with the wind and then go slow against the wind and um, it just helps you to put in the time I think on days when it can be a bit blustery out there and I think the wind is probably one of the hardest things to to run in it, it can really throw you off a little bit. It can. It's hard to get into a rhythm, 
And so sometimes you have to adjust things a little bit um, just to, to get the run in, to get the sessions in. I'm happy to say it looks like a 13 mile an hour wind forecast for this Sunday. So that'll that's an, an, a west northwesterly. So using your own internal compass there, Sonia, will that mean that the wind is behind us coming down the hill, coming into town? <laughs> west northwesterly sounds like that could be the case. It'd be nice if it was with us going up the hill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Last year, we were absolutely blessed. The sun split the stones and everybody came home with a smile on their face. Uh, so, you look, fingers crossed, we'll get the weather. And next week on the show, you will get to hear all about it in our Sights and Sounds episode. It's going to be so much fun. So if you can't make it wherever you are in the world, Sonia and myself will do everything we can to bring you there. One of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise wise. Imagine, you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress.